The future of Anthony Mantha on the Capitals. Your Locked On Capitals, your daily podcast on the Washington Capitals. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Well, hello and welcome into this edition of Locked on Capitals. I'm so glad you decided to join me today. As always, this podcast is free and available on all the major platforms, including the SiriusXM app and on YouTube. And I want to thank you for making this your first listen each and every day. My name is Dan Holney. You can find me on Twitter. It's at DanCaps218. You can find the show on Twitter. It's at Locked On Caps. And the best way that you can help grow the show is to subscribe to Locked On Capitals on YouTube and comment anything down below. I would love to talk Capitals hockey with you one-on-one, and we can do that on subtext. Just check the show description for more details. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on to get started. So in today's episode of Locked On Capitals, we talk about what It's the future of Nick Backstrom on the Caps. We know that he mentioned that he was going to be stepping away from hockey. And what does that mean, stepping away? And do we expect to see him coming back at any point this season? We'll talk about that in the show. A little bit later, we will talk about Spencer Carberry at 10 games so far this season. How do we rank him? Is Is he showing promise? Is he kind of a dud? What is my analysis and what is the analysis of others on Spencer Codberry through 10 games? We'll talk about that. But just to get it going here, we will talk about Anthony Mantha. Yes, he has been the topic of conversation on this podcast quite a few times just based on his lackluster play last season and to start this season. And what is one of the things that we know is that he has shown some more progress uh, in these last few games, shall we say here, not necessarily finding the back of the net, but, you know, getting some shots on net, moving his legs pretty well, skating well out there, and how that's beneficial for Anthony Mantha and ultimately the Capitals. And what what do I mean when I say what's good for him? Does that mean that that's good for him, that he's going to have a long future with the Capitals? No, that's not what I think at all. I think it's what's best for him so the Caps can ship him on out of D.C., Um, I think that, you know, if he can show signs of improvement, that is good for his overall future. I think that his time with the Caps is limited. I think that they're just waiting for the right opportunity, the right trade to pull the trigger, and he will be out of D.C. And I wish him nothing but the best. He did a lot of things the right way. If you ask me, you know, he hired that mental coach when he was overthinking things. He dropped 10 pounds. Uh, came into this season with a really positive attitude. He talked about how that uh, the capital sought him out and brought him here uh, from the Red Wings, and there was a reason that they brought him here, and he's going to prove to the Capitals and to the fans it was a good decision. So uh, he did not start the season that way. Again, he has shown steps in the right direction, that he's uh, shown some signs of improvement, and I think the biggest thing for Anthony Mantha 
is confidence. Confidence is a really, really big thing, not just in hockey, but in everything in life. Once he started getting production, and what do I mean by production? He got that one goal on the year, but not only that, shots on net. He was involved in scoring opportunities, something that had eluded him for quite some time. And, you know, on this show, if you're an everydayer, you know, I talk about the positivity snowball that he was walking around with Swagger. I've talked about Connor McMichael and Hendricks LaPierre, that they have this newfound confidence after winning a Calder Cup last season. The kind of the same thing went for Anthony Mantha, something that is, I think, kind of working detrimentally or negatively for uh, Alex Ovechkin, as he has not found the back of the net on a regular basis, negative uh, potential there for him. I think that there's a negative snowball going on in his head where he is overthinking things and ultimately why he's not scoring more goals. I still think at the end of the day, we're going to find out there's an underlying injury. But back to Mantha here. Um, There is uh, more and more talk uh, out there by some prominent writers uh, and podcasters within the NHL talking about, is there the potential that Anthony Mantha could be on the move? And uh, like I said, to start off this segment, I think that a lot of people thought, you know, when he was playing better, well, that's good for the Caps. And I guess to an extent it is, but it's overall better for the Caps that they're going to be able to get a better trade piece and it's going to be better for Anthony Mantha so he will be able to find his forever home. But just taking a look at Anthony Mantha, the Capitals general manager, Brian McClellan, restated his desire that he wanted to acquire a young top six forward on Monday. Moving Mantha might be one of the needed pieces to get that done. And why is that needed? Anthony Mantha has a $5.7 million cap hit. So they're going to have to do something with that money that they're paying him. And trading him out would be an easy fix, wouldn't it? And uh, that's what I'm talking about. So him playing better is good for him. It's good for the Caps. We hope that Anthony Mantha continues to play better so that we can eventually ship him out of here and get that top six forward that Brian McClellan said that he was going after. Uh, I know that they made the acquisition of Max Patch already, but I don't really think that that's the top six uh, forward that they had in mind there. But um, And there are some other teams and some players that have already uh, shown some interest in him. Our goal is to have a top six guy in the right age group uh, from the offseason, and our goal is still to do that, Max said. We're still pursuing opportunities that might present that. And uh, I think that he's doing his due diligence diligence, uh, to get it done. Brian McClellan, the GM that is, I think, I I really do believe it. I don't think it's just lip service. I think he wants to get the deal done, but he doesn't want to do make the wrong deal because sometimes if you make a trade for trade's sake, uh, some of the times those things can bite you in the butt. But the most prominent uh, podcaster, writer would be Elliot Freeman. Elliot Freeman, excuse me, specifically brought up Mantha in his 32 Thoughts podcast when listing potential uh, trade targets. He said, the cap is tight, rosters are short, and organizations like to see what they have. That said, players and teams would like to move uh, for, or the players would like are Joel Armia, Montreal, Connor Garland, Vancouver, Kevin LeBlanc, San Jose, and Anthony Mantha. And those are some of the players that uh, Elliot Freeman thought could be uh, potentially on the move. Uh, but is that going to be the case? Mantha, who had a down season last season, hired a mental coach 
and dropped 10 pounds and was a scratch to start the season, has found more playing time in Nick Dowd and Nick Backstrom's absence. And I think it was just based on necessity. Nick Dowd, uh, as we know, is out with an injury. Nick Backstrom stepped away from hockey. So a really great opportunity for Anthony Mantha to prove himself. He's generated some scoring opportunities and seems to be skating well, just not finding the back of the net. He's fifth on the team among forwards in five-on-five ice time in the Capitals' last five games. In that extra time on ice, there's been an increase in shot attempts, scoring chances, and high danger chances. So he is getting results. Uh, I guess the result that has eluded a lot of the different Capitals players is finding the back of the net. This team cannot score goals on a regular basis, except for, let's say, Tom Wilson and Dylan Strom. Um, on a regular basis, it's been difficult. The steady Eddies on the team, the Alex Ovechkins, the TJ Oshies, those kind of players are not getting the production that they've had in previous seasons. So there needs to be a jumpstart. Uh, to this Capitals offense. Chemistry, we've seen some chemistry there with Connor McMichael. Fourth periods, David Pagnota also said that the Capitals were talking with the Montreal Canadiens about Joel Armia. The Armia deal would then be moved to a third unnamed team. Um, So it's interesting to see what happens. I know that oftentimes people are just pontificating and talking about what should be, what might be, what's actuality is another thing. The Capitals came... Excuse me, the Capitals came to get me two and a half years ago, and I already feel like I haven't been here, and I haven't been the player that they thought I was going to be. So that's my goal this year, to prove them and to the players and myself that I'm ready to play. That is what Anthony Mantha said in the offseason, and that's the right attitude to have, that he went out there and he's telling the fans, he's telling everyone that I am the guy and I'm going to be the guy that the Capitals were looking for. And that's a nice thing to say. That's a nice motto. And you could put it on the front of the t-shirt, but seeing is believing. And even though Anthony Mantha has shown steps of progress uh, over last year, for example, it's still not where they need him to be. And I don't think that Anthony Mantha fits into the long-term plans for the Capitals. I know I'm not saying anything too crazy, uh, but you know, when I think about what the Caps gave up to get Anthony Mantha, we talk about Jacob Verona, we talk about Richard Ponick, we talk about draft picks. At one point, the Capitals were really in to getting Anthony Mantha on this team. And, uh, you know, and I don't really fault him too much. I think that, you know, potentially they gave up too much, but what they were looking at is his production when he was playing on the Red Wings. He was a pretty good player at one point. Was he worth Jacob Verona? Was he worth Richard Ponick? Was he worth draft picks? Um, you know, sometimes you don't have the advantage of hindsight. You know, you don't know what kind of player they're going to end up being. You know, you're just taking a gamble and hoping that that gamble pays off. Um, if I would wrap up and summarize Anthony Mantha's time with the Capitals, I would say disappointing, all things considered. Flashes of greatness and even limited flashes at that. That ultimately, I think that they have better options 
uh, either acquiring a player from another team or potentially a player down in Hershey. I don't think that they have to just settle on Anthony Mantha uh, because he's on the team. The one sticking point, though, however, is the $5.7 million cap hit. If they could find a way to to offload that, I think that that would uh, put them in a better position because I don't think that they're going to be sitting someone like Anthony Mantha and putting him uh, on the bench when they're paying him that kind of money. All right, so coming up here, we will talk about Spencer Carberry through 10 games. What are your thoughts? What are my thoughts on how I think Carbs has done through 10 games and what lies ahead? I'll talk about that straight ahead. This NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads player props, over-unders, and more. And let me tell you something here, guys. Sometimes when you're watching an NFL game, you might not be that into it. It might be a Commander's game. It might be a Ravens game. It might be another team altogether. But if you have a little bit of money on the game, it makes watching the game that much more exciting. That is why I love FanDuel. So visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and kick off the NFL season FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Make sure and subscribe or follow Locked On Capitals wherever you find your podcasts and on YouTube. I have some great guests lined up here in November and December, and not to mention I break down all of the Capitals games for you So make sure and subscribe or follow Locked On Capitals today. All right, in this next segment here, we are going to talk about Spencer Carberry through 10 games. And what is one of the things that we know that last season that Peter Laviolette, uh, you know, was not the coach that everyone was hoping for. And then shortly after the season concluded, Peter Laviolette approached Brian McClellan and said, I'm done here. And Brian McClellan said, you know, it's kind of funny. I was going to say the same thing. And I guess we'll never know what really happened. But that's the story that's told is that Peter Laviolette approached Brian McClellan and said that he was done in Washington. Peter Laviolette then went on and is now the head coach of the New York Rangers, who are in first place in the Metro Division. Last I checked, and we take a look at Spencer Carberry who was the assistant coach for the Toronto Maple Leafs, who ran the number two power play in the all of the NHL. Of course, there was the familiarity with the Stingrays, with the Bears. Um, And then, of course, he was familiar with like Rasmus Sandin uh, being that assistant coach uh, up in Toronto, but has killed it at every level that he's coached at. Again, he was also a coach for the Providence Bruins. And, you know, I think that a lot of people thought that when he came here and the season started, I mean, let's face it, we're still only 10 games into the season. I think that they thought that things were going to happen instantaneously. Like, the moment the puck dropped in the first game, this Caps team was going to be winning, you know, a majority of the games. As it turns out, that has not been the case in true success. 
uh, for this team is something that has eluded them so far. We have seen glimpses of greatness, of what potentially will be at some point, in my opinion. Um, I think that, you know, at some point, the Capitals will buy into Spencer Carberry systems. I just think that when this team is put under duress and stress, they kind of just fall back into old habits. You know, the things that Spencer Carberry probably went over in practice or went over in film goes right out the window when they're stressed out and under pressure. Um, that, you know, if you take a look at the game against uh, the Blue Jackets, it was a team that was fully vested into winning a game. They were laying their body out. You take a look at what Beck Malenstein did. Block shots galore. Truly saving Charlie Lindgren's butt out there and making it that much easier. So I think that you're starting to see uh, Spencer Carberry's uh, philosophical ideas, the way that he wants to play the game, the way the plans are being laid out are coming to fruition. The question is, is can the Capitals continue to follow through and execute his plans throughout the duration of the season? Uh, again, I would say that the last game here in particular against the Blue Jackets was most evident for me that we are starting to see those plans getting executed the way that he wants to and the Capitals buying in on winning games, laying their bodies out, blocking shots, things that they weren't doing before. We really saw evident uh, in the game against the Blue Jackets here. So just taking a look at, you know, what kind of uh, where we're at 10 games in. Uh, Spencer Carberry is the youngest coach in the NHL in 10 games in. And then Mac, Brian McClellan, the GM of the Capitals, weighed in on how he thought the young Caps coach was doing. The Capitals currently sit in fifth in the Metro Division with a 5-4-1 and one record. They are one point out of a wild card spot in the Eastern Conference with at least one game in hand on every team in front of them, writes RMNB. So, it's an interesting thing uh, to look at there that, you know, again, I think that people thought that Spencer Carberry was going to come here. He's this young coach. He's going to bring along a lot of these young Capitals players, and it was going to be instantaneous success. Uh, it has not been the case. But what is one of the strengths of Spencer Carberry and Brian McClellan's assessment? One of the things Max said is that he is a really great communicator. And if you are going to be an effective coach, if you're going to be an effective leader in any regard, it is of paramount importance that you are a good communicator. His read on things, his detail, and how he communicates to players, Max said, I think he does a good job of pointing out in a good way what he wants the team to do. I think he addresses things on point and immediately he knows the direction of the team and has a real good feel of where the team is at and where he wants it to go. I think he's intuitive, pushes the right buttons, and I think players respect the communication part. He's very open. He doesn't, uh, he's not one of these stoic old coaches that you see where they're just, they look kind of, you know, gruff, kind of like Peter Laviolette to a certain extent behind the bench. He will tell you if he has an issue with you, and hopefully that is the remedy to the situation. This is ultimately a team in transition, and I don't think the Caps players, like I said, are fully 100% vested in his plans yet. Again, we saw a pretty good uh, sample shot uh, of that uh, in the game against the Blue Jackets. And kind of since the wild game, we've seen the Capitals going in the right direction. Again, they're going to have ups and downs, but it seems like they are finally uh, drinking the Kool-Aid. The turning point was the Caps wild game. Since then, the team has more shots on goal, scoring chances, and high danger chances 
I think we're evolving, Max says. The style of play has changed. I think we've had some ups and downs. I think there are positive trends lately. You see some in young players that their game is elevating. We're becoming more consistent both defensively and offensively. I'm reasonably optimistic that we can continue to get it moving forward here. And, I, you know, when he says realistically optimistic here, reasonably, excuse me, optimistic, and I un understand what he's talking about, scoring goals on a regular basis, except for Tom Wilson and Dylan Strome, and, you know, we've seen a bit of that with Sonny Milano as well, is that they don't have, uh, you know, really great dynamic scoring uh, opportunities. There's not a lot of players that are scoring goals on a regular basis. And players that, you know, have kind of been, that's their bread and butter. Again, Alex Ovechkin, Oshie, you know, those kind of players, they're just not getting it done. Um, and I think that, you know, to kind of do a callback to the first segment, I think that that is why the Capitals want to address the top six. I think they need some new blood on this team to get, you know, the play, the goal scoring in the right direction. Chances are one thing. Having those chances find the back of the net is another. Mac acknowledges that this team is still finding its way. And he says there are a few teams that are firing on all cylinders, but I think there are quite a few teams that are like us trying to find their game and be consistent at it. And I don't think that the Capitals are unique. Uh, if you take a look at some of the teams around the NHL that aren't having seasons that they had hoped for, take a look at the Sharks. You know, the Wild have kind of come on here late, but, you know, they are off to a rough start. So, I mean, right when you can get down in the doldrums and think that this is a horrible Capitals team, I mean, they're playing okay, but it's still a new coach, it's a new system, and it's going to take a while to implement and fully, you know, play out those plays the way that Spencer Carberry wants to. Not to mention that there is some more younger players on this team for the first time in quite some time. I'm talking about Connor McMichael, Hendrix LaPierre, Beck Malenstein, Alexiev, Lucas Johansson. Uh, those kind of players that, you know, maybe they're not totally in with what's going on. I know they have the preseason, but I still think it's a work in progress. Now, if I have this same conversation with you, let's say a month from now, well, we can kind of just throw that whole argument in the garbage can because if you're, you know, another month, another 30 days into this season and you still haven't figured it out, well, then I think you can kind of cross that off as an excuse about why your team's not doing well. But 10 games in, I think that the Capitals are showing signs of improvement. They're not quite where they want to be, but I think that they will find their way at some point. Hopefully it's sooner than later. All right, so coming up here after the break, we will talk about Nick Backstrom. Is there any chance that we can see him coming back to the big team this year? I'll talk about that coming up. NHL season brings all sorts of possibilities. Alex Ovechkin could score 50 goals. The Capitals could hoist the Stanley Cup and you could win big by playing Daily Fantasy Hockey on Sleeper, the official Daily Fantasy app of the Locked On NHL Network. Sleeper is our number one choice for Daily Fantasy sports and especially Daily Fantasy Hockey because with Sleeper, you can win 100 times your cash in Daily Fantasy Hockey contests. And sometimes, guys, if you want to be more interested in the game, try playing Fantasy Hockey. It's something that I wasn't too into until I discovered Sleeper 
And now let me tell you something. I love it. To win a 100 times bet on Sleeper, you need to correctly predict the outcome of eight player stats. You heard me, Caps fans. You can win 100 times your money playing daily fantasy hockey with Sleeper. So start paying attention and nail your picks so you can start winning big. Use promo code to locked on NHL and you'll get up to a $100 match on your first deposit. Terms and conditions apply. That's code locked on NHL. See Sleeper's terms of use for details and locational availability. Welcome back into this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So we do know that Nick Backstrom is stepping away from hockey. And what does that mean for the Capitals? And is there any chance that we see him coming back this season? Um, I'm going to go ahead and make a, a statement and say, no, I do not think that we will see him come back this season. I don't think we will see him play hockey Again, I think that at some point he might, you know, take in some practices and test things out a little bit, but I don't think that uh, you are going to see a return of Nick Backstrom on this team. And what is one of the interesting things, an impetus of the change, um, was when I saw that the Capitals were cycling through Connor McMichael and Nicholas Backstrom at the center position, I wonder if that kind of set something off in Nick Backstrom's head like, it's time. And either I'm going to go out in my own terms or someone is going to make that decision for me. There was a lot of speculation out there that if Nick Backstrom was going to be a healthy scratch and Connor McMichael was going to get his opportunity. And I think that, you know, and I know that Nick Backstrom is a guy that plays with a lot of pride, as he should. He leads the team in assists. He is one heck of a player. Make no mistake about it. I'm not ever going to diminish what he did for this team. But I think uh, I think there's a lot of truth to that, that he wanted to go out on his own terms and that he saw that this new young guy was cycling through in a position that was his. The writing was on the wall. He knew that either he was going to make that decision or that decision was going to get made for him. Again, I'm telling you this as someone that is not being paid by the Capitals organization. I'm calling it as I see it, and I think that is really the case. Uh, he had a great 17 years with the team, leads the team in assists. In the beginning of the week, Backstrom wanted to meet with Mac and the training staff and eventually his fellow teammates to let them know he was stepping aside. The hip that had re was resurfaced wasn't responding the way that he had hoped. And again, the thing that is kind of mystifying to me here is that he played last summer, you know, in Sweden and everything from everything that we heard went off without a hitch. He was playing so well. He was playing pain-free for the first time in a long time. And then he started the season with positivity. And then it was just this, you know, going down. This uh, and I can't explain what's behind it. Uh, was there something that he re, you know, aggravate that injury somehow? Because you know, how do you play all summer with no issue? How do you start the season with the Capitals playing very well with no major issues, and then all of a sudden this decline? It just doesn't make sense to me. 
at some point he'll be on the long-term injured reserve to free up some cap space. So that will allow some cap relief for the Capitals so they can have some flexibility that will also help in having Max Patch ready on the team and Joel Edmondson at some point. Uh, it's good for him that he was able to do that. Uh, but taking a look at him, uh, again, for me, why, you know, and I talked about this, it was interesting the day before he announced he was stepping away from the hockey. I had spoke of that. I think that, you know, his days were numbered and people are asking me, well, how did you know? Well, if you, you could just take a look, it was the cycling through at the center position for me and how he only had one point on the season. This was not Nick Backstrom as we remember him. And there's, you know, and not to beat a dead horse, there's only, you know, there's only a couple ways you can do things. Either you're going to quit or someone's going to make the decision for you. And I think that that is ultimately why he did it. Uh, when asked if Backstrom would play again this season, Matt McClellan said it's unlikely. He went on to say, I'm not sure, asking how this is different from Backstrom previous times he was away from the team. I think that's a question for him to answer. It's been a long process for him to get through the injury. I think it's been hard for him. And he has to make a hard decision. It is a hard decision. I get that. I'm not trying to say that he's showing any kind of weakness, but there was no, you know, real uh, favorable, you know, results of someone that had a hip resurfacing procedure that came back and had, you know, a successful career after that. There just weren't any in the NHL. Uh, again, when Nick was questioned about it, he said there were some players that he was aware of in Sweden that made a full recovery and continue to play hockey in Sweden. Um, I, you know, I, and again, I don't fault him for having the procedure done. He was to the point where he couldn't play with his kids. He couldn't tie his shoe. He was in constant pain and you have to widen the lens a little bit and understand that he has a life outside of hockey. He has a life without the caps Jersey on. He's a father, he's a husband, and he still has a lot of life to live and he wants to live his best life as he should I just think that that best life is going to be one not playing hockey. And you know, what is the, one of the things that we can do is just think back on the great career that he had, uh, led the team in assists, was instrumental in Nick or excuse me, Alex Ovechkin's success. And, you know, ultimately nothing but positivity to, to the, you know, about Nick Backstrom, except, you know, towards the end here. And he ultimately did the right thing. He did the right thing. He stepped aside and he's like, Nope, this just isn't working anymore. So instead of being a boat anchor, just weighing this team down, he stepped aside. He did the right thing. Um, and it's difficult, you know, when you've played for so long and you play with such pride to, to be big enough uh, to acknowledge that and step aside. But that is really big of Nick Backstrom. And that speaks volumes of his character and ultimately what kind of man he is. Not just player, but what kind of man he is. And that's why he will always have my respect. All right. I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, your only daily year-round podcast covering the Washington Capitals. And thank all of you that listen and watch every day. And are you a fan of other DC sports? Well, Locked On has got you covered. We have Locked On Nationals, Commanders, Wizards. So no matter what major DC sport it is, Locked On has got you covered. All right. Once again, I want to thank you for joining me on this edition of Locked On Capitals, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Dan Holmey, and I'll talk to you again next time.